What up, what up, what up? Bonjour, amigos. Welcome back. I'm Bob over there, Fishby, the extra-dimensional musical genius. In today's fishbowl, will your next stimulus check be over or under 1500 What's the greatest series in the history of HBO? And Fishby calls out Bob for being what he is. Really, Fishby? Really? Looking forward to that. Hot lead, as always, I... Suppose we'll find out when we get there in the fishbowl. But first, I've been thinking more about all the uh, end the pandemic lockdown protests that, by the way, Fox News is allegedly trying to create the next Tea Party movement out of. We can dig into that tomorrow if you like. But today, I've been trying to understand the rationale behind the desire to bring the biggest fucking firearm you got to quote-unquote peaceably assemble? Because it's clearly not because they might have to defend themselves. Or the Civil War is on again. So if it's not for protection, what are the fucking guns about? It is a bunch of little things like looking intimidating and, of course, scaring the fuck out of the liberals. And I even bet most of the gun crowd wouldn't even be there if not for the guns. Fuck the virus, they like guns. And any excuse to bust out the gun, especially as a public display of force, they're about about it. Because of the way that big gun makes them feel. It's not about... Looking intimidating, that gun makes them feel intimidating. They feel empowered by the gun, like a superhero no one can fuck with. And that sense of strength and power is intoxicating. The ability, not the desire, but the ability to play God fucking turns them on. They fucking love it. And that's why there's guns at these protests. And why Beto will never be able to take their assault rifles. It doesn't matter how lucrative the buyback program is or how costly the punishment for having an assault rifle is. Because you can't put a price tag on feeling like God. And now, Fish B, what's question one? Is North Korean dictator Kim Jong-un fucking dead or what? Uh, Last I checked, I'm only, my information is only as good as the last time I checked. But last I checked, uh, still alive, not, not fucking dead. Yes, the, the third supreme leader, lucky number three of the hermit kingdom, North Korea. He's all of 36 years old. And allegedly five foot seven, and also allegedly only 287 pounds. But he has to have like a serious heart surgery because he smokes too much, eats too much, and according to North Korea, works too hard. And it is hard always thinking of new and creative ways to kill people, starve and suppress your citizenry, etc., etc., etc. U.S. intelligence says something went wrong, like Kim Jong-un could be on his last breaths here. But 
South Korea intelligence, they like share a border and a, and a name. And they're the country that made Parasite. South Korea. South Korea says he's fine. So last I checked, Kim Jong-un, not fucking dead. What's next, Fishby? What's the greatest series in the history of HBO? This is an interesting question. There's, there's a lot of different directions one could go here. I know friends that would make an argument for The Wire or The Sopranos or Game of Thrones or maybe even the miniseries Chernobyl. I could make a case for Silicon Valley and or Veep. But faced with the question, what's the greatest series in the history of HBO? Here's the curveball. The Young Pope. If you haven't watched it and you ever have a chance to do so, it might be too weird for you to understand that, but The Young Pope, created, written, and directed by, is it Paolo Sarantino or is it Paolo Sarantino? Yo no hablo italiano. Uh, P-A-O-L-O. Is that Paolo or Paolo in, in Italy? Again, forgive my ignorance. Starring Jude Law, the very, very hunky Jude Law, as Lenny Bellardo and Pope Pius XIII, and Diane Keaton, legend Diane Keaton, as the nun turned special advisor who raised him. And it's one of just the most gorgeous artistic endeavors that I've ever had the pleasure to consume. I swear, the young Pope. It starts out as this... um as this just like very strange, almost avant-garde confrontation of the real-life demons within the Roman Catholic Church and, and a bunch of like seemingly unconnected storylines. But then everything manages to connect in just this beautiful love letter. Again, it, it's just one of the most gorgeous uh, uh, samples of creativity and art that I that I've ever had the pleasure to consume. I think it came out in 2016, 2017. They just did a, a kind of a sequel to the, to the season, The New Pope. Uh, they added uh, John Malkovich. And, uh, that, that's interesting, but near as good as, uh, as The Young Pope. So there's my answer. What's next, Fishby? Yo, it's me, Fishby. Uh-huh, there you are. And I think you're a moron. <laughs> what do you think? Is that what, what, what kind of... I, I know I've asked you this before, Fishby, but what kind of question is that? I think you're a moron. What do you think? I mean, you know I'm always trying to be as, as candid as possible. And, and moron? Uh, sure, sure. I'm kind of a moron. I'll grant you that. I'm, I'm also kind of insane. Um, but I am, I am also smart enough to know that I'm not, if that makes sense. So in a weird way, I'm kind of a moron. And then I, I guess definitely kind of weird too. And, and kind of insane. And in a strange way, fuck you, Fishby. Kind of smart. 
What's next? Who's the biggest badass in broadcast journalism? That's a big question. Who, who is the biggest badass in broadcast journalism? You know, I, I am tempted to, uh, to honor the old guard and say Leslie Stahl of 60 Minutes fame, but let's make that the tease for tomorrow. Give me, give me a night to sleep on that, and, uh, and I'll come back at you a manana with who is uh, the biggest badass in broadcast journalism. That's kind of a, kind of a fun question. What's next, Fishby? Another over-under for you, and I'm keeping track. Will my next stimulus check be over or under 1500 American dollars? Well, as of now, the federal government has now passed... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get, get to the over-under in just a second, but l- let me set it up. As of now, the federal government has now passed... Four separate virus stimulus packages. The latest being for another $480 billion for small businesses. Hopefully small businesses actually get the money this time. Hospitals and testing for a grand total thus far of $2.78 trillion dollars. That is a lot of money we're borrowing. And we still, we haven't bailed out the cities, the counties, and the states that don't have the luxury of operating at a deficit. So based on all that information, I am taking the under $1,500. I'm going way under at zero. The check you have gotten or the check you are about to get. Uh, I am predicting, and I'm often wrong, but I think that's going to be it. Because, I mean, what, what is America's GDP, our, our gross domestic product? That's, that's like every economic factor, like, combined. Uh, all, all of America's economic output makes, makes the GDP. And the last number I think I remember seeing, because it takes a while to add up these things, believe it or not, was $19.4 trillion in 2017 or something like that. So the idea of spending a quarter or maybe even a third of GDP on economic stimulus, and I'm not an economist. Maybe Paul Krugman is going to correct me, and I'm sure he will because he loves the fucking fishbowl. Um, to me, it seems reckless, like like reckless fiscal policy, but... It doesn't mean it's not going to happen. I, I don't obviously don't know for sure. But if I was a betting man, and since over under is a betting uh, question, I'll uh, I'll bet the under at zero dollars. What's next, Fishby? How's Tongaleo, the magical Mexican donkey? I'm just kidding. I'm not going to sing. (laughs) Surprise, surprise. Uh, I'm not going to sing. But uh, Tongaleo, the magical Mexican donkey, thank you for your concern about the donkey during these uh, times of the virus. Uh, Tongaleo is uh, in uh, in his hometown of of Tijuana. And uh, and my home away from home, you know I love TJ. 
And uh, Tijuana is is having a real tough time with with, with the virus. Uh, the hospitals are are overwhelmed. Uh, the mayor says families are not coming to claim uh, 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 the dead bodies, the cadavers. So they're gonna. Uh, 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 what's, what's the word when they cremate? Sorry, I was about to say, what's the word when they light them on fire? Uh, they cremate, they can turn ashes. Uh, I mean, I mean, tourism is gone, the border is closed. Essential vendors like fruit stands were, were just allowed to reopen a couple days ago. And um, the citizenry, uh, like, uh, like many parts of, of this country, um, apparently. Uh, not taking the social distancing uh, as serious as maybe they should, since since the, the hospitals are, are completely overwhelmed. And so the police, as if the TJ police were with their big guns, were already intimidating enough. Uh, uh, now they're now they're flying drones over neighborhoods to uh, to record people. And if they can identify you, I guess, then uh, you're going to be in trouble with the TJ police. And I wouldn't recommend that. What's next? Yo, it's me, your desk plant, Plantasia. Wow. Holy shit. It's, it's Plantasia. And the Buddha says, quote, if anything is worth doing, do it. With all your heart. Wow. Thank you, Plantasia, our lucky bamboo desk plant. That's uh, that inspiring words uh, from the Buddha. No doubt about it. And, and now, Fishby, I'm kind of confused. Where, Plantasia's never been on the show before. Where exactly do we go from... Oh, there's uh, there's Isaiah's music now. Now this show's coming together, Fishfeed. Now I get what you're doing. All right. There's Isaiah's music, which means we've reached the final question of the fishbowl. As always, belongs to our now 10-year-old. Happy birthday to the EP, uh, executive producer. And uh, today Isaiah writes, Now that I'm 10, what's the best part of being my dad? There... There, there is no bad part of, uh, of being your dad. Uh, the best part, and, and I know this answer is, is going, to, going, going to sound horrible, but, but, but everything? I mean, just everything. I mean, uh, I realize after the passing of Kobe Bryant, uh, he made being, being, being a daughter dad uh, really, really cool, but... But I, I had I made being a daughter dad cool long before that. I, I had two daughters in the game, and then and then and then we took a little break, and then when we found out uh, the lady was uh, was pregnant again, and then when we found out it was gonna be a beautiful baby boy, you should have seen the victory dance. That this dad is so excited to uh, to have a boy, and uh, God damn it, I just. Uh, I just love you with all my heart. You're the, you are you are the greatest man. You are you are you are the greatest and the best executive producer any podcast could hope for. Love that kid. Love that kid. All right. Uh, don't worry. The show's not over. Just just pointing out. Uh, you can you can find us if you wanna if you wanna harass us on the social media uh, at Bob's Fishbowl or at Bob Van Dyne. Uh, bobsfishbowl.com. I'm told it's a website. 
but now it is time for what many argue is the best part of the show, as we like to say, because it's the end. Is the artist formerly known as Paleta Bola de Fuego and or the finale. Kick it, fish beep. Rob Gronkowski, recent pro wrestler and penis compliment recipient, shocks the world by unretiring from football and being traded to the Tampa Bay Bucks to reunite with the man who paid his penis that compliment, golden boy Tom Brady. The tremendously wonderful Mila Kunis and her loser husband Ashton Kutcher are selling wine to raise virus money, and they can keep the wine, but I would pay any sum to have Mila Kunis give me the virus. Love it or hate it, American Idol revolutionized TV when it first premiered, and it might accidentally do it again to finish this season. Get ready for American Idol Live from 40 Five separate remote locations, which, like me, is kind of insane and kind of smart, and it can't be worse than one world together at home. Sorry, Gaga. ESPN's first two episodes of the 10-part Michael Jordan and Chicago Bulls doc, The Last Dance, is the highest-rated TV documentary ever with 6.1 million viewers, and the best celebrity anecdote scene belonged to the Michael Jordan of politics himself, Barack Hussein Obama, whose caption read, Barack Obama, former Chicago resident. Nice. And lastly, the first real famous teacher for fucking a kid's student was and is Mary Kay Letourneau. And not only is she out of jail, she's on dating websites and is, quote, interested in someone age appropriate, end quote. And that's good. No further joke required. Woo! Yeah! Fish B put me through the ringer today. As always, I am uh, I am exhausted. Uh, uh, but before everyone goes, uh, can I tell you just one thing? Uh, if you like, if you like the show, if you like the like the deal, what we're doing here, uh, we do it uh, every single uh, weekday. Fish B and I, we work very hard at it. Um, and truth be told, uh, we don't have very many friends. So the only we, we have good friends, but there's just just not that very many of us. Uh, so the only way this show grows is by word of mouth. So if you could accidentally share it with every single contact in your phone, that would be uh, or maybe just one or two people. Either, either way, uh, that that truly be uh, be wonderful. It's really all the executive producer asked for for his birthday is you to share. That's a, that's a lie. He didn't uh, didn't mention that. Anyways, uh, uh, tomorrow the uh, who's the biggest uh, badass in uh, broadcast journalism. And, uh, and we'll try to get to uh, Fox News uh, trying to turn uh, these quarantine protests into the new Tea Party and why they would do that. So, anyways, till manana. Say adios, Fishby. <laughs>